Um, before we go into the message this morning, uh, which is going to be a little bit different, uh, I do have uh, sort of some family business to, to take care of uh, an announcement. And many of you know this. Uh, as a church, we value growth and authenticity. We love that. And so often what growth and authenticity means is change. When you're honest about where you are and where God's calling you, that often means change. And so on a regular basis, we see change in our church. And uh, we have some change going on right now in our children's ministry. Uh, Marsha Keel, who's been serving as children's ministry director gloriously and wonderfully for the last three years, uh, will be transitioning out of that role as of January the 9th. Um, and it, it's a sad thing in a way for me because uh, I will just miss Marsha being uh, a part of our staff meeting and kind of being the mom to all of us. <laughs> uh, but Keith and Marsha aren't going anywhere. They'll still be uh, Keith. <laughs> <clears throat> Marsh and her new husband, Keith. <laughs> we'll definitely put the second service on the web. Dan <clears throat> and his wife of 30 years, Marsha, <laughs> will continue to be here with us and uh, leading their home group and Dan doing sound back there and so forth. So, uh, um, uh, in the meantime, uh, with, uh, with uh, coordinating help of some elders, myself, and our former children's pastor, Christine McNeil, we'll be putting together some transitional team leaders. And so uh, the children will be well taken care of. Marsha's done a great job of building teams, loving volunteers, loving children, and just building an atmosphere that uh, uh, welcomes the presence of God back there. So we'll have some transitional team leaders in the rooms uh, over the next couple of months, hoping to sort of redefine the job description of the person who leads our children's ministry and then uh, uh, hopefully bringing someone on to take that uh, around April 1. So I would ask you to uh, to pray for uh, Marsha as she transitions out. It's emotional for her. And yet, you know, as a part of this whole series, uh, I gave her, uh, Marsha, a couple of months ago, I gave her that spiritual gift uh, assessment. And I said, Marsha, I want you to just look at this, you know, for yourself. How do you connect with God? How do you relate to God, and how do you do what God's called you to do? What's your gifting? And uh, when she went off a couple of weeks ago for some time, just on her own to be with the Lord and hear him, the Lord spoke to her about uh, the way that he's created her and designed her and gifted her, not being in perfect alignment with what she's doing right now. When she came back and told me that, I said, praise God that we're a place that we get to grow in faith. And so if God's taking her uh, out for this season, then he's got someone he's bringing in and so many people that have uh, he's raised up to uh, to work with our kids. So pray for us as we transition. Pray for uh, the children and the leaders that are back there. Um, and then also for uh, those who will be making decisions about what happens next in that ministry. Um, in, in January or February, we'll all have a chance to publicly uh, bless and thank Marsha for the way she served us for three years now. So uh, I didn't want to uh, dump a big party on Marsha uh, two weeks before, one week before Christmas. So <laughs> we're honoring her by saving our thanks to later anyway. Okay, that's what's going on around here. Um, good. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this um, morning. Thank you um, that we can be genuinely ourselves in your presence. The scripture says, Lord, even that when our hearts condemn us, you do not condemn us because you're greater than our hearts. And so I thank you, Lord, that you're greater than each heart in here. And I just ask for a blessing this morning upon each heart. Hearts and minds open to hear from your Holy Spirit this morning as we look at this last series about spiritual gifts, this last message. Lord, would you speak to us and as we put it into practice this morning, too, would you speak through us one to another? Just pray for the, um, the palpable sense, presence, and experience of you, Jesus, in our midst. So lead us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> We're in a series. This will be the last in the series. Everyone gets to play. The finale. I wish we had some sort of like, you know, game show type music or something, but... We don't. It's just the finale. <clears throat> the finale of our Everyone Gets to Play series. And um, I, I want to focus on some of the corporate word, uh, word and power gifts this morning. And here's my intention, if I can keep myself disciplined, to just take 12 or 15 minutes to, to go through some of these uh, gifts that we see in the scripture that are sort of corporate word and power type gifts. And then I want to um, release you to the practice field. 
And remember I said a couple of weeks ago, this isn't game time. This isn't where we come in and perform and try to get it all perfect. This is more like uh, the, uh, the locker room or the practice field. It may be that God has already spoken to some of you this morning a message or an encouragement, uh, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge that he wants to release to our people this morning through you. So I'm just going to ask you to be uh, listening to the teaching as well as listening to the Lord. And then we'll have some practice time to see, the, uh, to see what God has brought in to the church this morning through the church this morning. And that's you. <clears throat> so let's uh, read from 1 Corinthians 14.26. 1 Corinthians 14:26 Paul writing says this what then shall we say brothers and sisters when you come together each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction a revelation a tongue or an interpretation everything must be done so that the church may be built up uh, you see 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 very practical instructions from the apostle Paul about what should happen when we gather together now, uh, my guess is uh, Paul, the gatherings that Paul imagined weren't quite as large as some of our gatherings. We were talking about house churches, which is why, uh, though we will uh, practice some of this this morning and we encourage the practice of these corporate word gifts when we gather, the best place to learn and practice these things and see the church built up is in your home groups. It's in that weekly gathering. If you're not in a home group, find one on the board. Talk to Robbie Hunt, who leads our groups, and get involved in one. Uh, a, a weekly time when you get together and known by friends in a trustworthy, uh, unconditional uh, environment of love and acceptance, we get to practice this stuff. That's the way it is best. My life has been changed by words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophetic words into my life in a small group setting. When someone started with something just like, you know, I think the Lord might be saying. And that's the word of God. It brings uh, change to lives. So we're, we're talking about our corporate gathering here, and it has some implications about the way it all works. But boy, in those small group gatherings, this is where we let it fly. This is where we really can encourage one another in some of these things. Um, but in any case, we do, it, we do these things in community. We learn, we risk, we make mistakes, we see victories. Um, so uh, I encourage you to um, see how God might be giving some of these gifts to you and use those in your small groups. We're going to look at specifically five gifts this morning um, from 1 Corinthians 12. So 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11. Again, Paul writing to, the, uh, to the, those in Corinth who, who desired to know how God would work by the Holy Spirit through them. It says this, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Remember, these gifts build up the church. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works in all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Meaning, uh, as I've said over and over, that each of us has at least one spiritual gift, possibly one of these, but that God, by his spirit, distributes these gifts as he wills. You may not feel like you have a prophetic gift in a, you know, uh, that you walk around with all the time, but any time he wills, he can speak his word through you to another. You may not feel like you walk with a, in an understanding of a word of knowledge, getting information that you could no way other know except from God as a, on a regular basis. But boy, that moment when the Lord drops something into your mind and you think, wow, I, I have no way of knowing that and speak to that person. That person realizes God's here. God's speaking. So he gives as he wills. Let's look at the uh, first two of these. Um, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge from 1 Corinthians 12.8. The word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. To one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Here's what we have to understand about the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. This is the only scripture we have on these gifts. This is it. There's no other scripture, no other place where Paul talks about the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge. That doesn't mean that we should demean you know, or set aside these gifts just because Paul doesn't talk about them again. But it is important that we don't 
put too much of our own desirous understanding into these. It's just simply the words for wisdom and knowledge as gifts revealed by God. So uh, uh, with that, in that context, I understand the word of wisdom to be just simply to know the mind of God for a specific situation. To know the mind of God for a specific situation. When, uh, when I was in uh, uh, determining where I would go to seminary about 112 years ago, um, we were in a discernment process, Jane and I, and uh, just found out that we were pregnant with our first uh, child. And we, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I had all these schools and all these options, and I didn't really know what to do. And I remember the day I was just sort of struggling through it. And Jane's mother, who I think uh, has this word of wisdom gift, she spoke to me, and in about two sentences, it wasn't controlling, in about two sentences, she uttered the, the mind of God on that situation. She just said a few sentences, and I, it kind of came down on me. Uh, the, the, the clouds parted, and it was clear, and I could see exactly where... God had called me to go to school. It was for that moment a supernatural thing that happened. She probably wouldn't even remember it if I said it. But in that moment, she said those couple of sentences, and I realized that's God's, you are speaking God's heart to me. It's a word of wisdom. It's a word of wisdom. A word of knowledge is to have information from God that you couldn't know otherwise. To have information from God that you couldn't know otherwise. We see that a lot of times, uh, I think, in the church on a Sunday morning and certainly in ministry out on the street, you know, just out wherever you go. God will speak to people information about another person that there's no way they could have known. And the goal of that is always to what? To build up the church. That means either to encourage a believer or to let an unbeliever know that God sees you. I mean, the best example I know of this uh, is a story. I won't go into the whole thing because I know I've told it before, but... John Wimber, founder of the uh, Vineyard Movement, was on an airplane one time and he looked across the aisle and he saw a man. And when the man turned, he literally saw written across his forehead the name of a woman. And uh, and so the ensuing conversation, Wimber just went up and said, does the name, you know, such and such mean anything to you? The man's face went pale because it was the woman with whom he was having an affair, not the woman who he was married to, who was sitting next to him. The long story made short is they both gave their lives to Christ on that airplane and started the process of reconciliation of their relationship. Why? Because God spontaneously brought to mind something that uh, there's no way that Wimber could have known. He just saw it like, you know, in his mind, a name, and he had the courage to move on it. Not with condemnation but with an invitation into the kingdom. That's what happened. It's a word of knowledge. I bet many of you uh, walk around in the world and you get words of knowledge. Something will pop into your head when you see a person. You think, well, that is the strangest thing. I'm going to encourage you to listen to that and to have the courage and the humble uh, spirit to walk up to people, some that you know, maybe that you don't, and just uh, pursue the possibility that God wants to say something to them. Remember, it will never be a condemning word. It will always be an inviting word, an encouraging word. It might bring difficulty, but always with healing. Word of wisdom and word of knowledge. That's as much as we have on those gifts. Um, we, and we see those functioning often here uh, in the church, in the, in, through the ministry teams, as you pray for one another and talk to one another uh, on Sunday mornings. Some people might ask, how do we distinguish the word of wisdom from the word of knowledge, from, the, from a word of prophecy? And you know what the Bible says? It doesn't. I don't know that we need to distinguish it. We don't have to announce the gift that we're working in. I will now receive a word of wisdom. We don't have to announce that. You never see Paul doing that. You, say Paul, you see Paul describing all the ways that the Spirit might work and all the ways that these various gifts could work through various people. He gives us some labels so we can have some understanding. But we don't have to uh, announce what it is that we are doing. I will now prophesy. No. It, we can bring it down to the real humble level. You know what? I wonder if the Lord might be saying to you. And then we get to test that. So word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Uh, let's take two more quickly in order of the, the way that they're practically explained in 1 Corinthians 14. And that's uh, the uh, gifts of tongues and interpretation. Now, I'm going to go through the gift of tongues in about two and a half minutes. 
perhaps there's more to be said on the topic than I will t- say this morning. Books, written, controversies, etc. I'm not going to go into all that. I'm just going to look at the scripture and see what does it say to us about how this gift works when we gather together. Um, I would define the, the gift of tongues as prayer or praise in syllables not understood by the speaker. Just that simple. Prayer or praise in syllables not understood by the speaker. God gives people a gift to utter things that mean something in the spirit that the speaker doesn't know what they mean. So 1 Corinthians 14.2, Paul says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. It's very instructive for us when we understand about the gift of tongues. Does not speak to man, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. So the person speaking in tongues or syllables coming out that they don't understand, doesn't him or herself even know what they're saying. They're uttering praise or prayer to God, just like Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit first came. And these, uh, uh, these apostles stood up, the disciples, and began to speak in tongues, the actual words languages, that they didn't know. Could be a, no, a language known to man. Could be literally syllables. I know people who have uh, a prayer language in tongues that's just basically like that. That's why I said syllables, not words. They don't sound like words to me. But it's, it's the mystery of God. It's how God works. Um, sometimes uh, offending our minds <laughs> to get to our hearts. So if, uh, if tongues are used in public, we're talking about corporate word and power type gifts. If tongues are used in public, the scripture says they have to have interpretation. So if you're going to announce tongues in a, in a, in a public way so that all can hear, Paul says you've got to have interpretation. Because what happens if there's no interpretation is we don't get to understand what's being said. So 1 Corinthians 14, um, starting in 13, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. And so there we have this allowance by Paul that if someone gets up and they speak in a tongue, uh, syllables that none of us could understand, that person should pray that they may actually have the interpretation. Practically speaking, a person would get up, speak in a tongue. We've done this here in our church on a Sunday morning. They would say it, and and then we would ask, hey, do you know what God is saying through that? And right after the tongue would come the interpretation in English, and we would be blessed by that declaration about God um, in our midst. 1 Corinthians 14, 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two, or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and then someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church, and speak to himself and to God. So in this scripture we see it may be that there's another person with the interpretation. It may be that Paul is saying, hey, you know the people out there who are interpreters. So, you know, look around. Is there someone who is known to be able to interpret tongues and get up and utter the tongue? The, and the final possibility is that you could actually have a desire to speak in a tongue publicly and there would be no interpretation. In which case, we just kill you. I just was seeing if you were awake. In which case, all Paul says is this. The speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. No condemnation. So here's how it works in the vineyard, real practically. If you feel like the Lord's giving you something to speak and your sense is, it ain't English. We ask you to, and this is right in our bulletin, we ask you to come up to the front row, talk to a pastor, or find an elder or another leader in the church and say, I think the Lord's giving me a tongue. We'll pray with you for a minute. We'll let you come up here and we'll say, here's what's going to, about to happen. Because if you just do it from your seat, let's be honest, scares the bejeebers out of people. We need all the bejeebers we can get. So we ask you to come up and we say, here, right, it's right here in the Bible. We give the tongue, we, we, you know, we listen to the Holy Spirit speaking through a person, and then we'll say, do you have the interpretation? And if they have it, they give it. Or if not, we'll say, hey, does anyone have an interpretation? And if they have it, and I've seen where maybe there's one or two things, we take them. We discern them. Is this God speaking? If there's no interpretation, we say this. Thank you so much for having the courage. Maybe that was for another time, or maybe that was just for you. 
Or maybe the person with the interpretation didn't have the courage this morning. But thank you that you did. And you sit down and the, and the whole church gets blessed by obedience. By obedience, right? It, it doesn't have to be a big, dramatic, ecstatic, scare the heck out of you type thing. Paul doesn't view it that way at all. He just says, if you're going to do it, do it this way. One, two at the most, get up, give it, pray that you would interpret. If not, you can be quiet and speak to yourself and to God. So that also tells me there's another way that the gift of tongues can be given in a devotional sense so that there may be many people in our church that are praying in tongues every Sunday morning, but we're not hearing it. I guarantee there's at least one because it's me. Because uh, uh, the prayer, uh, the gift of devotional tongues is, is given, has been given to me, my God, so that I can utter to God straight from my spirit, by his spirit and to his spirit. Things that God uh, wants to hear from me that I don't even know about. And the Bible says when you, uh, when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. So I'm going to get encouraged when I do that. So many people might be praying in tongues here in a, in a service. It doesn't have to be a public de- declaration. God is still getting praised. Even when we're quiet or speaking to God or to ourselves. I hope that makes some sense. Uh, just final thing on tongues. It is a gift that Paul says he wants all to have. He says, I wish that you would all speak in tongues. But he also recognizes that not all will. So we never, ever, ever scripturally get to say if you either everyone must speak in tongues or if you don't speak in tongues, then you don't have God. We don't get to say it. The Bible doesn't give us any place for that. It's a gift that's given as God wills. And if you desire it, you can ask God for it. If you'd like uh, someone to pray for you to uh, receive that gift of tongues this morning in the ministry time, we would love to do that. Okay. Um, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, tongues, and interpretation. I do those pretty quickly. Okay. Um, prophecy. 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty nine to 33. Here's what Paul says about prophecy. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who's sitting down, the first speaker should stop, for you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. Remember the purpose of the gifts and specifically of prophecy to encourage, to build up, to strengthen. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. So just run through this scripture real practically. Uh, Easy definition for the gift of prophecy. Just simply speaking something that God spontaneously brings to mind. You, you hear that from me frequently enough, though I don't think that prophecy is my major gift. A couple of weeks ago, I saw this picture of a wave. I don't know if it was first or second service. I saw this picture of a wave. And I felt like the Lord was saying to some, you know, this season is going to come over you like a wave. And you don't have the energy to get over it. You've got to dig. You've got to go under it. You've got to go into the love of God. You've got to submit yourself to what God wants to do. I think it was a prophetic word that came with a prophetic, prophetic image. And it was for some of us. It just spontaneously came to my mind. I asked the Lord, is this for the congregation? I felt like the Lord said yes, and so I spoke it out. And then what you all got to do was test that and weigh that. Because uh, uh, Paul says clearly that uh, pro- prophetic words are to be tested. If two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. In other words, this isn't the infallible word of God. Otherwise, we wouldn't be weighing it. We would just be obeying it. But the prophetic word in the New Testament is to be weighed, to be discerned. Um, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, Paul says, Don't despise prophecy, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. That means someone could give you a prophetic word, and part of it might be the very heart of God for you. And part of it might just be the pizza they had the night before. And with the discernment of, of the Holy Spirit, we get to say, you know, we're going to put aside a part, and that part I'm going to take. I'm going to realize God's speaking to me. So that it's to be weighed. It's supposed to be tested. That's why we always say no parking lot prophecies. In other words, you don't get to just go out of the church where there's no one to weigh it and just start delivering. God says this. God says this. Paul always says do this in community so that the, the whole community can be a part of the discernment process. That's why our prayer ministry people pray together in teams, not just one person, so we can be discerning. So we can be careful. 
So we walk in humility and truth. Um, it seems uh, from 1 Corinthians 14:30 uh, that prophecy is spontaneous. If a revelation comes to someone who's sitting down, the first speaker should stop. So it seems like this prophetic gifting is a spontaneous thing. In other words, prophecy is different from teaching. This isn't a, a word that you spend hours thinking about and working through scripturally with your mind. This is something that drop, God drops into your mind or heart. And you deliver spontaneously with a word like, I think God might be saying. We don't get to say, thus saith the Lord in New Testament prophecy, because we don't know if it's all God. It might be, thus saith the pizza. We don't want to do that, right? So we just say, I think the Lord might be saying. It's the way we do it in the vineyard, to keep it uh, uh, easy to understand and discernible for people. So it's spontaneous. And then given in a very natural way to, ve- to reveal God's heart or intention or understanding of a person's life or situation. Prophetic word can encourage a believer. It can also tell an unbeliever, 1 Corinthians 14.25. Paul says if an unbeliever walks in and someone's prophesying, they'll realize, wow, God is present because the, 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 um, the contents of their hearts are revealed. And I've seen this so often when a prophetic word is given that someone realizes God sees my heart and he knows my situation. And all of a sudden, that person is inspired not to just look inside, what am I going to do, but to look up and say, God, are you there? You see me, what do I do? And then God directs and heals and uh, saves people, often through a prophetic word. So it's to be tested, it's spontaneous, it's not ecstatic. It's not ecstatic. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14.32, the spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. And here's what I think that means. It means that um, Paul does not expect people to gather in a a home group or in a a church setting or, you know, in a teaching setting. And then that the Holy Spirit will come and just begin to speak ecstatically through a person so that they stand up and say, I can't stop. I must prophesy. And they go on and on and on. Paul says, no, no, that's not the case. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. In other words, God will drop something into uh, the, the mind of a person as a prophetic word, but it's the spirit of that person that decides how and when that's to be given. Because God is a God of order, not disorder. So God loves it when we gather and we, we honor one another and you get a prophetic word on a Sunday morning like we do often. You see people walk up to the front row and whisper in my ear, or hand me a note. And sometimes I'll, I'll say, why don't you give that up front? And other times I'll say, I don't think that's for now. And other times we'll say, why don't we do that to the, at the end of the service? We're discerning with the, the spirit that God's given us what's to be done now and to what extent. Does that make sense? It's not ecstatic. It's not just I'm going to get up and God takes me over. No, God's a gentleman. He invites us to cooperate with him through spiritual gifts. So it's not ecstatic. <clears throat> um. And then, uh, yeah, 1 Corinthians 14, 33, God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. That's why Paul gives the instructions. That's why Paul gives the instructions. Hey, when you gather, here's what you might expect. Someone might come with a hymn, a song that would bring encouragement or praise God. Someone might come with a teaching. Some might get a revelation, a prophetic word. Some might have a word of wisdom for the congregation, for an individual. Some might have a word of knowledge that reveals what God wants to do in a situation. He says this is normal church life. This is normal. This is what it will look like when you gather. And so that's why we want, uh, as a church, to encourage that as much as we can. And, um, and to do it in such a way that we honor one another and we honor God and we work together. So um, I said we were going to, Uh, take a few minutes in practice. So I'd like to do that. I just wondered if you'd stand for a second with me. Just got a couple of minutes this morning until we, uh, before we take communion. Um, But uh, I want to encourage you. You're here this morning. Maybe God gave you a picture. He showed you something during worship that you think might be for everyone. Maybe God showed you something uh, that you think might be for a specific person to bring encouragement and edify them. Um, uh, maybe you have a hymn or a song that you think will bring encouragement. So I'm going to ask you, uh, if you if you would, anyone who has a sense of that, 
if uh, one or two, three of you would uh, walk up and we'll just do it. Remember, it's the practice field. Okay? Let me pray. Lord, thank you that you're present here um, in the midst of us and that you're moving and that you're di- dispensing gifts, Lord, among your people. We just ask, Lord, now that you would uh, help us to practice, help us to see, help us to understand. And uh, Lord, would you give faith to those right now that you're calling just to come up and take the courage to, to uh, speak a word, to give some encouragement. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So just stay, stay standing. wonder if there's anyone uh, here has a sense of one of those. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophetic word, tongue. Tell us who you are and just... Uh, this, my name is Mary Lou Beeson. Uh, this thought just came to me. Um, I was thinking of Molly's announcement about the um, 900 gifts that as a congregation we gave away. And I just, I feel, you know, the Father encouraging us that, that he has just so many wonderful gifts that he wants to pour out and through to, to build us up as well as, you know, to bring him glory. So it's... Yeah, why don't you pray, pray that? Okay. Yeah. Um, Father, we just thank you for your abundant riches, your abundant gifts, Lord, that you have for our body, Father. And we just open our hearts to you, Lord. We just, we just open, open our hearts as a flower to the light, to the sun. And we just say, would you flow through us? Would you move through us, Lord? Would you pour out your gifts and give us, Lord, just, um, you know, just the willingness to obey you, Lord, to step out. And we thank you, Father. We just thank you, Jesus and Holy Spirit, for your presence among us. Lord, we thank you for Mary Lou and just thank you for your blessing in her life and uh, the way you give her the word and she obeys the word. And we ask, Lord, for more of that for her. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks, Mary Lou. So you, you see how that works. It's just a thought that came uh, spurred by something and then the recognition that God's speaking encouragement so that we walk out this morning recognizing there are so many gifts that God wants to give. Anybody else? Uh, my name is David. Um, actually, this morning as I was uh, just kind of sitting quietly and reading and meditating, I felt the Lord speak to me, and it was, for me, profound. Um, I was thinking about that place in Genesis where he finishes his creation and he looks at it and he says, it's good. And I felt him speak to me and say, if you accept that and then you accept that I am your creation, it follows that when I look at you, you are good. And uh, so I guess I would just encourage all of us to just take that to heart that when God looks at you, no matter where you are in the process and no matter how you may think to yourself, I'm not there or I'm not good enough, that somewhere as you're the clay on the wheel and he's not quite finished, he sees the end result. So wherever you are, it's good. Thank you, David. Thank you. Can I pray for you then? (laughs) Lord, I thank you for speaking to David this morning and uh, touching his heart with uh, the way you see him. And we just pray, Lord, that he can, he can walk in that for himself personally. Thank you, Lord. We bless his courage to come and speak that to us. And we ask, Lord, that we too could walk in the recognition of the way you see us, that it's good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, David. Good. Michael. I'm Mike uh, Richardson. I actually got kind of four things in a rapid-fire succession. I thought, I don't know whether it's well, what this means, but it actually is going from one end to the other. Um, you just spoke about Genesis. I'm kind of going to the other end. I got a picture in my mind of the final trumpet blowing and Christ returning. And then immediately after that, I got the... The words from the Bible, it says, you know, no man knows the time or place. Immediately after that, I got two more. One, 
He stands at the door and knocks. He who is ready will open and, and uh, invite him in. And also the uh, tale of the virgins who were waiting with their lamps lit and oil ready. And the only thing I can think of is that, you know, everybody's talking about, is this the end time? Are we in it? And the only thing I got out of it, at least for me, was, who cares? Be ready. Hmm. <laughs> you know, is it or isn't it? Be ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Lord, just bless Mike as he uh, gives out that word of readiness. And we thank you, Lord, for the great work that you're doing in him. And thank you for his encouragement to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. But I, I, would, uh, I would take that one to heart. <laughs> I mean, take them all to heart. But I, I just, you see the way God uh, spoke sort of in a line of things to Michael, just through the scripture, using the scriptures, and just the, the, the clear admonition that we don't know when the end times is. Someone uh, said to me last week, Judy said to me last week, you know, I've heard somebody say before, we don't know if it's the end times, but it's our end times. It's our end times. We only have so much time. And I would especially encourage you this morning, if you're here, you don't know where you are with God, that uh, don't take that as uh, uh, something to be afraid of, but would you take that, that scripture that he quoted from um, Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him. And I'll, I'll, I'll dine with him is what the scripture says. It's an invitation into a relationship with God, which readies you for eternity. So if that's you this morning when we're taking communion, I'd encourage you to come up and just uh, talk with someone, one of us in the front row to, to see what does it mean to to enter into a relationship with God, to be ready when he comes again. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Mike. One more? Okay, one more. Hi, I'm Delena, and I wrote this down during worship, not knowing there would be a test later. (laughs) (laughs) This is the test of the emergency profit (laughs) system. Oh, my gosh, yes. It says, there is a rumbling that has begun deep down in the ground in this place, and in the spirits of us, the people. This rumbling is the beginning of an awakening that as this space vibrates, excuse me, and each of us are contributing with our own vibrations and awakening, this place, the atmosphere, will begin to shift. All the worship that has ascended has begun to vibrate as well. There is coming a breakthrough. This goes with Mary Lou, so thank you for speaking. There is a breakthrough where heaven will descend as our worship ascends. And through this space that has broken through, the Lord will come in greater measure. Thanks. Do you want to pray that for us? Pray. Oh, yeah, sure. So, okay. Ask the Lord to just to do, just say, we just say yes. <laughs> yes, Lord, we say yes. Just come in greater measure. Awaken our hearts as you have already begun. And as we vibrate with your space, within your space, you vibrate within us. Yes. Lord, let that breakthrough come. As you descend, Father, give us hearts to receive you. And we love you and we do say yes to you. Yes. Amen. Yes. And we just bless Delena now with your, uh, the blessing of your Holy Spirit as she came. And she said yes. And she heard the word and she gave the word. And Lord, we ask that, you, uh, that we all together could rise to the word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. So who's got some? Pam. So tell us who you are. And... Hi, Pam Copeland. Uh, I feel like I'm not afraid to give words. God has encouraged that over the years. This one feels um, really risky to me. I don't know if she's here. Uh, Aaron McGill, are you still here? Aaron? There you are. Okay. Can you come here for a minute? Okay. I want to be careful, obviously. When you were worshiping, this is the words I heard. I heard... Someone will be drawn to your kindness and your gentleness. And this is the part that scares me because I don't think it's wise. So rain and rebuke me if I shouldn't say it. (laughs) Consider yourself rebuked. (laughs) That it could be your potential mate that's going to be drawn to that. But that part scares me because I don't know if that's wise or not. Okay? But... I don't think you should go, like, looking for it. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because um, 
I felt that word, and it was a disaster for years till God brought me my true mate, mm. you know. But, all right, that's, okay, so I have to stop. Because sometimes I want to elaborate and explain myself, and yeah, yeah, yeah I can't good. do that. You, so Pam. I'm stopping. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. So let's just let's just pray let's just pray into that. I mean, we're practicing. So what Pam got was a sense of did you say kindness and and gentleness? Um, which, which, if anyone knows Aaron McGill, is pretty much the definition of Aaron McGill. And so let's just pray for that for Aaron. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Aaron that this, this is the person you've made her, that kindness and that gentleness. And we ask, Lord, that you continue to bless that in her and through her, that you would draw many, many to see Jesus in her. And, Lord, just as uh, Pam was, uh, was uh, careful there, we'll be careful too, but we do ask, Lord, that you meet all her desires, that you would show her that person that you've called her to and the person that you've called to her. Lord, that you would bless that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, thanks, Pam. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. See, it is risky, but you do get to work it through. And I just want to just say, Pam did a great job. By warning us she was about to go out on a limb, she did a good job. It's good for her to say, hey, I'm not sure about this part. It's great. It's great. Great modeling. Thanks, Pam. Who else? I'm Debbie Kellenbeck. And this is a picture I've gotten the last couple of days. I was asking the Lord for somebody, but then I realized it was bigger than just somebody. It's really the church. And, and the, what the picture is is just it's just a darkness. And in that darkness, it's like a Christmas candle, one Christmas candle, and it's lit and shining brightly. And, and when Jesus came, he, Jesus is life, and that, that life is the light of man. And light for man. And when, when you invite Jesus into your life, you become that light for man. And just the sense was we are just to fan the flame of that light. And you, each one of us, is carries in us the light of Christmas, what everybody is celebrating. So just a, just a challenge that's not just for Christmas. It's all the time that you just go into your world this week and be that light and represent Jesus. Great. Thanks, Debbie. Wonderful. So you see how, see how the church could get strengthened and built up. It's like a reminder. God's speaking through Debbie, a reminder. Remember what you have. Remember who you are. Remember what you carry. And so we get encouraged to walk out. And my guess is there'll be someone this week that, you, that some, someone here will see, and that word will come to mind, and you'll realize, wow, I've got, I've got to say just a few more words than I would have. God, who else? Teenagers in the back row, you're not out of the game. Someone, yeah, Beth. Do you want it? You want it there? Uh, my name is Beth Myers, and this I think this is for everybody. But um, I have a situation that I'm thinking about. Um, just maybe an uncertainty about life and about what's going on around you. And um, there's a a verse in the Bible that really sticks out to me. There are a lot of verses, but this one says, but God, and that's all that I've been thinking about. It's but God. So the focus is God. And um, the word is, it came from worship this morning, and it's because um, when you're in a struggle, how am I going to make it through? Or when I'm in a darkness or in an uncertainty, um, it's because I know that you love me. And your love never fails. So this isn't about how I'm handling it or having wisdom or um, even knowing how it's going to turn out, although I, you know, we often want to control that. This is about but God and his love and faithfulness, the truth of that. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Beth. Let me just make sure I understand. You say let God? Is that what you're saying? But God. But God. Okay. So I wonder with that, with that encouragement, that the, the scripture and also the, the song verse, are there people here, and I won't make you talk about it, but are there people here that feel like, well, that was God's word to me. 
I've got a situation I can't figure out, and I just really need that but God right now. Just lift your hand. Okay. Let's just let's pray for these right now. So, Lord, we're so thankful that you spoke through Beth, that you gave this word, just even these two words, but God. And we ask in the name of Jesus that you would show each of these people in their situation what you're doing. We ask, Lord, that you'd rise up and give them the faith to recognize that no matter what it looks like now, but God is present. We thank you, Lord, for the goodness that you're showing in their lives and pray that that goodness will be revealed, understood, and grow exponentially, Lord. Pray for your blessing of wisdom and power to these this morning, that they would look to you as the one who has sovereign control and power. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, I'm Andrea. I have two. Um, I don't know who this gentleman is here. Mark. Mark. Um, Mark, I feel like maybe you wonder why the Lord takes you to such a place of worship and being on your face and just that he sees that as a fragrant offering. And you're like the woman who washed uh, Jesus' feet with her tears, that it's God's heart in you and that it blesses him your humility before him. Um, the other one is for Josh. Um, I just heard the words, the Lord saying, just perfect. Like, I feel like that's how um, he sees you, as you are and where you are, just perfect. Okay. Thanks, Andrew. So, Lord, we, we pray for those words, that they would sink into Mark's heart, into Josh's heart. Or just the, those, the encouragement of who they are and what you've called them to. And just the, uh, for each of them, that God has purpose exactly where they are and what he's doing in their lives. We pray that you would um, bless your work now. Expand your work in their hearts. Release all that you want to them, God. I just thank you for the divine smile that I see upon each of them. A smile from heaven upon both. We bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. Sorry. My name is Steve Sargent. How are we doing back there? Um, earlier today, I, I saw a, a picture of uh, a lot of little kids on, on a little shore. And, and it was like uh, God was like wooing them in the water. And I had, so they had a natural curiosity. And yet there was, there was this trepidation of, ooh, the water, it's a scary place, you know. Um, what, I, what I took from that was that God really is inviting us to step in to, to his place. And it is scary. And it's, and it's not, it's not uh, normal. It's not comfortable. It's not familiar. Um, uh, and and what, I, what I heard in that was that, uh, you know, there are three and four and five-year-olds. These are little kids, and uh, they're likely not becoming swimmers, <laughs> you know, not in that, in that moment. But, but what he's wooing them to is just to splash around, maybe even ankle deep, you know, maybe up to their knees, maybe up to their waist. Um, there, there are some here, and there, and there are things going through your head, and, and I just challenge you to to uh, open yourself to the opportunity that maybe God is 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 actually speaking, is revealing things to you. Just you know, not to dismiss that, but but just open yourself to the possibility that 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 could be true. Okay. Will you pray that? Yeah, for, uh, for absolutely. <laughs> So, Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that your desire is to have a relationship with us. I think you are, you are a communicator. When we open to Genesis 1, the first thing we, we know about you is you are a God that speaks. Yeah. Father God, I ask you would release uh, faith in each heart here to believe that you, you are a revealer, that you, you are a God who speaks to us. And Father, I ask you, you would open our hearts uh, to to understand and comprehend how you speak to us, and that we would we would allow ourselves the possibility 
that you really are uh, a God that wants to have communion with us, that wants to reveal himself to us, that wants to have ongoing communication with us. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would, you would fall afresh on everyone here with, with the knowledge and the comprehension of that. Amen. Amen. Great. Thanks, Tim. Okay, last one. Well, this is just to go along with Steve. Yeah. It's a, it's a confirmation. Yeah, tell us who you are. Okay. Jane. I'm Jane. <laughs> and I, I was determining or trying to decide not to come up here. <laughs> But I just have to because I'm I'm going to piggyback on Steve. I I sense that there's people here that have not that have not walked in their giftings yet because they're scared. It's they don't even want to get their toes wet. So I'm confirming what Steve said to just encourage you to just take a just put your toe in the water because it's not fair. If you have a word for somebody, it's not fair for you to hold on to that word because they might be waiting for you to give it. So I just want to encourage you in that. Thanks. Thanks, John. Okay. You can be seated. The communion servers can come forward. Good practice, team. It is just like that. It, it, It really is just like that. That's the naturally supernatural way that God uses his people by his spirit, with his gifts, to encourage and strengthen and build up the church. Um, so if, uh, yeah, okay, that's enough of that. Um, if you've given your life to following Christ, then this is your time to thank God for the greatest gift, which is uh, the gift of his son, Jesus. You can just uh, come down the diagonal aisles, take a bit of the bread that represents the body of Christ that was broken for you so that your body would not have to be broken forever. And dip it into the wine or the juice that represents his blood, that covers your sin, that cleanses you, so that God can look at you and see perfect, see holy, now and forever. I think there's grape juice on the inside uh, stations and wine on the outside stations. So when you're ready, please come forward. We ask, Lord, that you would uh, raise up among us those with words of wisdom and knowledge, prophets, those who see and understand. Lord, that you'd release among us that a gift of tongues, the languages to worship and praise you spirit to spirit. Lord, our longing desires that you'd be glorified in our lives and in this place and through us, that you'd communicate the message of the gospel to a world that's so hungry. So Lord, we worship you this morning. Thank you for what you're doing and what you will do. In Jesus' name. If you'd like prayer, uh, please come forward. Uh, Otherwise, uh, go in peace to love, serve the Lord. Have a great day. Don't forget, uh, if you do have children who want to be in the pageant, that's uh, during the second service, that, uh, that practice. Have a great day.